What's up, guys? Welcome back to the AOC Chronicles, an Attack on Titan podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ronnie. All right, here we are. We're officially in season two. We got a little warm up in last episode. Oh, Chadley, my boy, Chadley, my boy. This episode right here. What about it? I've been on the record for, you know, I've got mixed feelings about Potato Girl. I think she's very sweet. I don't like how her only character trait is basically she likes food. And this is a random Sasha episode out of nowhere. What do you what do you make of this episode? I personally it's one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh Yeah, it is kind of weird. It's it is out of nowhere, but at the same time I did kind of enjoy getting a little bit more of her than just eating potatoes. I mean, I appreciate that they were like, maybe they were thinking, hey, we haven't given Sasha a whole lot to do. Let's give her a little background. But at the same time, I feel like like 75% of the background they gave her, in my eyes, just made it seem like, hey, she's horrible. But I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. I, I respect that. So I, I didn't say the name of the episode. It's season two, episode two. I'm home, episode number twenty-seven. If you keep up with it that way, we're in Trost District. A soldier rushes to warn our guy, Commander Dot Pixis, yeah. and Captain Hannes of Wall Roses Breach. Miss these guys, and they've got a lot to say. As in, Pixis just grunts. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we missed him. He came back in a heavy way. We, uh, we moved to presumably that night in Stohes District. Aaron and the gang are still trying to let the fact that Titans have burst into the wall rose sink in. Armin wonders out loud if Titans would break through the walls with Titans in them. Armin just using his big brain again. That is it's interesting. He goes on to talk about the structures of the wall and how they never show any signs of cracking or crumbling, and no one really knows... How they were built. Hey, what? You're telling me this city of idiots have all just been living inside of here day after day without someone trying around the clock to figure out what might be inside these walls or what these walls are made of or how these walls were made? Ronnie, does this kind of make you persuade you to go to the uh, Wallist cult? Chad, you want to know what I call a city of idiots that behave like this? Idiots. I call them a city of idiots. <laughs> Very good. You know how Armin... By the way, no, I'm not becoming a wall cultist. I just think that, hey, I'm all for drilling through part of the wall to figure out how these things well, are they can't, operating. Ronnie. It's a tough wall. That's what I'm saying. I would try day after day for the past 100 yeah. years to try and learn more about it. Well, these people s- are just so happy-go-lucky, like, well, I don't know who put those walls there, but they seem to be working great. Let's just go make some potato salad. And Well, did you see what happened to the miner and his friend when he tried to go below the walls? Did you see what happened? That's a good point. Maybe that's a legend. That's why people are afraid of the walls, but come on now. So anyway, you know how Armin rolls. He's the only one in this whole damn place that thinks about things ahead of time. And he hypothesizes that the walls are made of hardened titan skin after observing how versatile Annie's ability was. I was a little tough on everyone else there because Hanji did kind of say something like this yeah. last episode. She's We know how much she loves titans and that's kind of why she's thinking in that vein. 
inside, Hanji studies well, something. Well, before you get to that, yeah. I'm, I might be jumping a little bit ahead of myself. But I was what I was thinking about when Armin said this was I was like, well, didn't the Colossal Titan kick in the, the wall? And then he even, Armin mentions, well, no, he technically didn't. They just broke through the gate. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I might have skipped through that part because they do. Which is interesting because he's basically saying, well, no, the Titans aren't going to. He's like, the Colossal Titan wasn't going to kick in and, you know, kick one of these Titans out to where you'd be able to see it. They purposely kicked through the gate so that they didn't do that. It could be two ways. It could be that, but it could also be like the gate there is going to be much easier to break through than right. however thick these walls are where they can walk across them up top, stuff like that. The gate, I just don't think, was that thick. Uh, but interesting It wasn't female ways titan thoughts thick. Both ways. Whoa. Inside, Hanji studies something through a microscope. As a guy behind her is in full panic mode, telling her it's time to leave. She brushes the guy off and continues to study the object, gasping as she makes a discovery. But then Captain Levi strolls in. He's freaking out at or he's freaking out just as much as the soldier. Just kidding. He's leaning back <laughs> on a wall with his arms crossed and saying very calmly, Let's go. This guy is so chill. Chill gang. I love Levi. I'm a Levi Stan. I'm a Levi and a Hanji Stan and an Irwin Stan and an Armin Stan. I love these characters, okay? <laughs> and then a moment that made me laugh out loud, literally. We cut to Mikasa telling Aaron to wear it right because it's cold at night <laughs> as she wraps his cloak around him tighter. <sighs> so, I just love this show. I mean, the show always kind of, you know, obviously makes it seem like Mikasa is coddling Aaron, but to show us this is just straight up. This is a whole other level. Like, if this stuff is happening off screen, how Aaron hasn't lost his mind yet is crazy. Well, yeah, and then it's like, how does she not notice that that's why he's being so, like, he's not really accepting her like that and kind of being, you know, non-aggressive towards her. She just feels so much responsibility for him and just cares about him so much. It's annoying, okay? So, uh, Hanji, I think it's sweet. Hanji, Levi, and that stupid whore wall priest join the carriage along with, uh, Armin, Mikasa, Aaron, that gang. Pastor Nick. Yeah. The stupid whore wall pastor priest bitch, man. You were kind of given some evidence of why you would be a wall cultist earlier, but that's... Completely argued against that. Stop putting words into my mouth. We have audio evidence. As they ride out, because the scouts, they're heading outside the wall. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes because you keep bringing up lies. You'll just edit it out like you always do. As they ride out, Armin looks back at the walls and wonders if this whole time it was Titans protecting them from Titans. Hey, how ironic. Am I right? Very ironic. And of course Armin has to say it. No one else is going to come up with something like that. Armin is so damn smart. This is some flu shot shit. You know, you get a flu shot, they put a little flu in you mm-hmm. in the hopes that it uh, saves you from the flu. What crazy thinking, you know? Wow, the flu protects you from the flu. Who would have thunk? Titans protect you from the Titans. We're on the road again. Aaron learns of the uh, pastor's knowledge of the wall Titans. And as you can imagine, he just takes that news very well. 
he uh, he gets pretty mad. Yeah. Anji informs him that she plans to bring the priest so he can see the full consequences of the Titan invasion. Aaron keeps shouting, just giving himself a headache. He's got to sit down. Thank goodness Mikasa is there to you know chill him out a little bit. Aaron. And Levi, he pulls out his a gun, and just is pointing it under his jacket, saying, "Let's you know, let's use a little threat of violence to get this priest to talk." Is there anything more badass than willing to shoot through your jacket to kill somebody? That is like some old timey western shit. I feel like oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I mean, if there's one thing Levi's down with, it's torture. He doesn't like, um... Pointless deaths. Pointless deaths, but if you want to torture someone to find out some information, let's do it. (laughs) He mentions that his leg is injured and useless, and I just wanted to touch on this because I know the first time through, after all the excitement of last episode, it confused me a little bit. Um, this all comes from... He's still recovering from his fight with the female Titan in the woods when Mikasa, of course, didn't listen to instructions, tried to tried to finish her off, and in the process, Levi had to save her and got his legs squashed a little bit. And let's just talk about how detrimental that actually was. If Levi was not injured and fought the female Titan with Eren inside the walls, they probably would have gotten Annie without her being crystallized. It's very true. Hanji tells Levi that she has already tried threatening him, but it didn't work. She hung him from the side of the wall, but what you know, me and Levi probably want to know is, have we tried pulling out some toenails yet? Just because he can you know, get to a good place while he's just hanging from the wall and not feeling any physical pain, that's one thing, but let's start waterlogging this yeah. guy a little bit and see if he really has nothing to say about his wall gods. Screw this guy. Pastor Nick. So I think this is a flashback to earlier in the day. Um, Sasha and her commanding officer split up to notify nearby villages. I just say that because with Aaron and them, it's nighttime and all of a sudden it's day again. She recalls a memory with what I assume is her father and wow, you'll never, wow, you'll never believe what is going on. This is the point of the episode where we go, hey, you know what? Let's just be with Sasha the rest of the time. Yeah, I love it. Uh, summary of this scene, Sasha's just a real asshole. She's been eating from their winter rations. Literally all her poor father is trying to do is provide for his family during perhaps a harsh winter. I don't really know what kind of seasons they have over here. And she practically punches the man in the face and continues to eat it. Off the ground. I would kill her. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would... I would kill her. This is... This annoyed me. She's just a cute, innocent little girl. What this are you is her about? father. Hey, chill out and eat some vegetables. It's like... It's like 3 p.m. She just ate lunch a little while ago, and she's having this big hissy fit. Ronnie, I just watched you house a few potatoes earlier. Yeah, well, you know what? We don't need... She can eat potatoes. She's getting the meat, man. We don't have any meat. And by potatoes, I mean seven large fries from McDonald's. But keep talking. Okay, maybe I would not kill her, but earlier last season, Sasha gave some sob story about how her town kicked her out and she wasn't allowed to come back until she became less weird or something like that. (laughs) And after seeing this, I don't blame him at all. Yeah. I don't think she's gotten any less weird either. No. Uh, while, while Sasha ate her rations, so the dad finally gave up, 
He asked her if she ever wondered why their life had been changing so much. With her mouth full, talking, you know, like a slob. Listen, this is some real world stuff right she, here, she's though. She's putting on some pounds. She believed that the <laughs> influx of new people from Walmaria had been taking their game from the forest. But her father tells her that the others had no choice after losing their home to the Titans. Trying real hard not to hate Sasha as she basically says, well, that's their problem. Yeah, just not a good look for her. Her father is starting to think that, you know, we need to clear these forests, plant fields, we'll keep more people fed that way. And Sasha's just not having it. She doesn't understand. She's just a stupid kid. She doesn't think about others. She's only worried about her own little town. And her poor dad is just trying, you know... He's trying to do everything he can to help as many people and stay with his family, and Sasha just doesn't get it. Well, Ronnie, it's you got to look at it this way. She's just a 15-year-old girl. She doesn't know what's going on. He's a 40-year-old wise man, and he's speaking the truth here. I've, I love his words. Real-world problems, and she needs to grow the fuck up. Well, she snaps back to present time, and I'm hoping she's thinking that exact thing that you just shared, that she's thinking, wow, I was such a brat. I need to be better. She spots the footprints of a titan much further into the land than she had expected, which, you know, she she keeps hoping that her father noticed something was amiss and fled because she can't believe titans already got here. When she comes across an entire new village that she just doesn't recognize. Yeah, she even said, too, she was like, I haven't been back here in over three years, and all of a sudden there's this village, there's this... And, I mean, they kept talking about this village like they were just hunters and somehow they got this entire village built drawbridge and all love a good drawbridge you know know what this kind of means to me is that she was the problem of their village their their entire economy just flourished once she (laughs) left they people were able to eat yeah they had good protein they had a lot of energy and they just built this thing in no time they're like wow we had this much food what (laughs) where'd all this been going uh, we haven't had anything painfully sad in a while, so what do you say we go inside this house where a titan eats the leg of a woman who is still very much alive, as her daughter sits silently to the side, staring? Oh, this is just... Just cheer your cheer your spirits up a little bit there. I haven't seen anything this depressing since Mikay got split into pieces last episode. And who saw that one coming? No one. Sasha comes in with an axe, swinging at the Titan's nape, and we reach the calling card. It's talking about these scattered villages. Uh, In addition to the cities at the wall, there exist villages of various sizes. They exist to provide goods and food to people in the cities, which makes sense because, as we've seen from those cities, they're just way too packed in to get anything like gardening done. Yeah, Um, just... No way that they're actually growing crops and doing stuff like that. Um, but it is interesting, though. Like It gives a little insight, I guess, to the trade game and how people can make money and things like that, too, though. Because kind of, they've kind of glossed over that a little. Yeah, that's kind of like what I've said before, is it seems like so many people just grow up and go into some form of the military branches. Whereas here, you know, you see Sasha's dad, and this is kind of a whole new take. Like, they're farmers. Well, I guess they're hunters, but I'm sure there's other villages that are purely farmers, and they're, you know, planting crops and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's good It's good world building. I know we had kind of talked about this when they were uh, in the fields running from the female titan, just 
how truly expansive this area inside the walls is. So, uh, what type of guy are you? You uh, city or village? Where do you want to live? If I was in this time, I would want to live in the village. I know it's probably a little bit more dangerous um, because I guess the cities are more. Well, I guess not. It depend. I guess Titans are drawn to more people, so in the village, there's not as many people as the cities. Yeah, I mean, in the city, you could get really bottlenecked. Where if you had a horse and you lived in a village, you could have basically the whole world to run around and try and escape a titan. Yeah, I'm more of a village guy now that you say it. Not to mention, I'm always, I don't like people up in my space. I like having my own room. Then why? Never mind. Yeah, don't even go there. So uh, either this axe is extremely dull or Sasha sucks because she's not phasing this titan at all. She's chopping down at it. He just keeps on munching. Uh, the axe slips out of her hand, and even though, once again, this woman is still very much alive, Sasha can't be bothered to keep trying to kill this titan. She just looks over at the woman and says, sorry, and takes the girl, who, by the way, let me get into this, kind of freaks me out. Yeah, the look in her eyes, dude. Something about her face makes me look, or she looks like she's five, 45 years old in a little girl's body. Yeah. Also, I'm sure she's in shock, but, I mean, it's a very traumatic experience, but she looks, like, way too old to not have any emotional responses. Her mother is being eaten alive right in front of her. Yeah, yeah maybe if she's, she's like... probably, like, ten years old, you think? Yeah, maybe she's, like, three. She doesn't know what's going on, but I say once you hit, like, six or seven, yeah. if you see something like this happen to your mom, you know enough to just boo-hoo. She must have been sitting there for a while. Uh, Sasha, on the other hand, is not remaining very calm under pressure. Uh, she goes out to the horse. It runs off because it can tell that this child is inhabited by the devil. <laughs> which leads Sasha to scream as if she just got stabbed by this devil child. The titan from inside finishes up the legs and comes outside more than likely due to Sasha's scream. Why do you think the titan was going for the legs? Just loves uh, dark meat. Okay. That's all they, I need to know. <laughs> I got an answer for everything. Just let me know. They begin to run away as the little girl says the whole village is gone and they knew that her mother had bad legs but no one came to help. Probably because they knew that the family worshipped the, the devil. devil. <laughs> they cross the drawbridge and keep running. Uh, Sasha flashes back again to a time in cadet training when she was talking to Krista. What a wholesome moment. Sweet, sweet Krista. Ymir comes up and announces that Sasha is really pissing her off by being as polite as she is. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ymir makes fun of the way her people talked, which I didn't mention earlier because, you know, it's not something you pick up as much in sub, but there were a few subtitles that kind of pointed to there being a different dialect used, kind of... Kind of like a country dialect? Yeah, kind of just a hickish, you know, whatever you want to call it. Krista is very nice. She has all the qualities I would want for the mother of my children. Well, for I love Ymir, dude. I don't know what it is about toxic women, but... You do love the toxic, crazy women, and she's uh, she's on one right now. She attempts to stop Ymir's... Well, Krista this is still. 
You got me on Ymir. I'm still talking about my girl Krista. She attempts to stop Ymir's roast session, but Ymir continued to go right at her. She makes fun of the way the hunters live and how she's a fake bitch. Basically. Just yeah. saying, <laughs> saying she's she not genuine at all. But... There's no way she is nice to all these people. She's just messing around. Back in the present, they keep running from the Titan as Sasha wonders why she's remembering silly little memories as such as that. Uh-oh, is this a little foreshadowing? Might be. Might be. Is this another Mike incident? She turns to the devil girl as they run, telling her to keep running until she finds help. And some say she's still running to this day. <laughs> Letting go of the child and drawing her bow, Sasha fires an arrow at the Titan. The shot does about as much good as a cannon. Which is to well, say... Hey. Which is to say... Nothing. Don't tell me the cannons are fixed. That's true. I see it in your well, eyes. Well, you, you said cannon. You didn't say fixed cannon, so I'm assuming you mean the original cannons. She climbs a short hill for a better shot, trying to get eye level with her target. Her second shot misses, leaving her with only two arrows. We got a real Katniss Everdeen on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Her third shot is a direct hit in the Titan's eye, and Sasha prepares to fire her last shot, reminding herself that failure would mean putting not only Devil Child's life at risk, but more importantly hers. Well, not more importantly, but... Well, I just felt like that's how she thought, because okay. I'm not exactly sure how good of a person she is. Uh, <laughs> considering she ate an entire village out of house and home until they kicked her out, and now they're flourishing. <laughs> she throws her bow away taking the arrow and jumping into a loving embrace from this titan as she stabs the other eye, blinding it. Sasha manages to shove herself out of its grip thanks to the slicker, slippery blood. Slickery blood? The slippery blood. She runs down the road in search of the girl, but she has already descended the stairs to hell. Whoa. No... She came across the shitty people who left her handicapped mother in town, one of those people being Sasha's father. <laughs> Sasha joins the group, and her father tells her she's all he hoped for. Enough of these two. I'm done with them. Well, I'm done with them. I think I figured it out why they left her, okay? Let, let there was on. no wagon guards to guard the wagon if they brought a wagon for the handicapped woman. That's because wagon guards are hard to come by. Yeah. You gotta be a really special soldier to be able to be a wagon guard. And these villages just don't have them. Uh, let's move on to something, I don't know, more interesting. We joined Connie's group as he and, um, it's like Reiner, Bert. Big Bert. Connie rides ahead of his team as Reiner urges him to be cautious. His village is filled with ruined houses and empty streets as he yells that he's came back guys i'm home yo everyone Where how's it going hey guys i'm home. it's connie remember is there not a party for me he makes a desperate ride for his house hoping that his parents and siblings are safe this is just like the pilot episode when aaron was you know coming mm -hmm. around the corner saying just be okay and uh upon arriving at his house he finds a horrifyingly scary looking titan on its back, laying on the ruined structure that is Connie's house. Oh, oof. That's what I have to say. Big to old bug eyes on this Titan. Yeah. The eyes are bigger than some other Titans, I feel like. 
Reiner and the rest arrive and take a closer look at this monstrosity. They notice that its limbs are much too small for any means of mobility and are left to wonder how this small limb titan ended up atop Connie's house. And Bert just has a lot of dialect here where he just talks a storm up on his theories. He does not, so he just is looking at it. He's in the background, he says nothing. I won't even make a joke about something that he says because the joke is he just says nothing. Okay. And that's the end of the episode, so... um Meh. Meh? What? <laughs> I just, you know, we came off the Beast Titan, we learned so much. I like this ending here. How the heck did this Titan have crumpled limbs and is just laying on top of this house? Um, hey, at least you found out that Sasha's village flourishes without her. It's just so weird, because the only other person who's gotten an episode anything remotely close to this is maybe Mikasa. When yeah. we learned how her and Aaron came to be, but that was even more like well rounded between different characters. Yeah, we haven't even had one with Armin. And no, he's one of the main characters. It's just it's so weird that they threw this one in here, and you know maybe it'll serve a point down the, the line. And uh, I guess you know I'll give Sasha the benefit of the doubt and say she's come a long way from the brat that she was, but we know she's still got this food issue. I mean, we've seen that more than one time. She better uh, slow it down, too, or she's going to get some uh, meaty thighs. And also let us know how you feel about this next segment. Learn a little something about Ronnie and Chad. Ronnie, tell... I'm Ronnie. Chad, Ronnie. tell the people about this segment. Well, uh, in this segment, guys, we uh, you kind of learn a little bit about Ronnie and Chad. All right. We're, uh, I'll start us off again this episode. We've got... Another Ronnie's brother story. Um, one time when we were about... Uh, What's your brother's name, Ronnie? His name is... Travis. Travis, okay. And when Travis was from eight, nine, something like that, for some unknown reason, he wanted to get a bird. And so he went and he got a bird and he tried to hold the bird... And he got scared because the bird did what a bird does and fluttered slightly. So he let go of the bird and it flew up into the rafters of my family home. Obviously, we couldn't get it down from the beams, so we waited a good five, ten minutes. When, out of nowhere, the bird took off, flew into the glass door that's right by the living room, smacked it, fell down, and I totally messed the story up. The bird's name was Chuck, and the bird hit the ground, and my dad Chuck. said, well, there goes Chuck. <laughs> and then my brother cried for three hours. So Chuck didn't make it? Chuck did not survive the crash. And I'm also now realizing this has nothing to do with me, but I still laugh about, uh, laugh about it to Travis often, so I wanted to tell it. Do you have um, perhaps a story that has to do with actually you and this segment? Yes, I do. Um, this is actually about my sister when we were younger. Oh, so no. To answer my question, no. So, so no, yeah. Wow, this segment has really fallen off the rails. But I'm going to get into it anyways. Yeah. Uh, well, it has a little bit to do with me. A, a tiny bit. My sister's name is Jessica. And Jessica liked to sleepwalk a little bit when she was younger 
Um, our bedrooms were probably, they were real close together. So one night I... Like as in same bedroom and bunk beds. Okay, yeah. She was on the top bunk. I was on the bottom bunk. Um, I had the smaller bed, whatever. But she woke up in the middle of the night. I was watching the baseball game, the Atlanta Braves, if that gives any hint of where we live. And it, wow, there's a little nugget. Little nugget there. It was 1 a.m. It was a late night game, and all of a sudden, my door opens up. So we're not in bunk beds, okay? My door opens up, and she looks at me and goes, "What?" And I go, "Hey." And she has this weird look in her. She's got a Mikasa look in her eyes when, like, when Mikasa's thinking about Annie, and she goes, "Why did you do that?" And I go, what are you talking about? And I'm just laying in bed. And she goes, ugh, grunts, slams the door, and runs back into her room. What a That was the story. What a story. I asked her the next day, and she had no idea what happened. What a great story. There's the story. I felt like I cheated a little bit by not actually giving any information about myself. So um, I'll tell this other very long story. I have allergies. And all right, so that, that, that wraps up uh, this segment of Learn a Little Something About Ronnie and Chad. That's the end of the episode. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. And send that feedback to thepodcastchronicles at gmail.com. If you can't remember all that, look in the description box down below. I've got it written out for you. We'll see you next time. Yes, we will. Peace. Peace.